This is Rabbi Eli Confer of Machon Hadar with a Dvar Torah for Purim. God Hidden and Revealed, Purim and Yom Kippur. Experientially, there are hardly two more different holidays than Purim and Yom Kippur. On Purim, we wear masks, eat, drink, and make merry. On Yom Kippur, we dress in white, even burial shrouds, fast, and act somber. But the linguistic parallels between the two holidays, Purim and Kippurim, or Kippurim, have led many to equate the two holidays. The Tikkunei Zohar writes, Purim itkrit al-shem yom ha-Kippurim, da'atidin li'it'angabe lishnuyele me'inui le'oneg. Purim is called after Yom HaKippurim because in the future we will rejoice on that day and it will transform from suffering to joy. Why this attempt to equate the two holidays? After all, beyond their external differences, Yom Kippur and Purim seem wildly divergent in their approach to God's presence. On Yom Kippur, the day celebrates the closeness of God. The climax of the Musaf service, the reenactment of the high priest calling out God's name in the Holy of Holies, is about intimacy with God. Our tradition reports that the high priest pronounced God's name so loudly that it was heard all the way in Jericho, and it was pronounced ten times in full during Yom Kippur. Saying someone's name is an act of drawing near, of opening up. In this conception, Yom Kippur affords us the opportunity, through tshuva, to reapproach God in a direct and intimate manner. On Purim, by contrast, God's name is famously absent from the Megillah. The plot takes place in a world devoid of God. Heroic human action, not divine intervention, is the proximate cause, seemingly, of our deliverance. But, as is true on Purim generally, things are not always what they seem. Nowadays, Yom Kippur has become a day in which God's absence is felt, perhaps painfully so. Not only do we not call on God's name today, which would allow us to reestablish the intimacy and connection, that was a central component of the ancient Yom Kippur ceremony, but we have even lost the ability to pronounce it. The Mishnah, citing Abba Sha'ul, goes so far as to say that anyone who pronounces God's name today loses a share in the world to come. Yom Kippur has become a day of former intimacy, a memory of a closeness that we've since lost. Celebrating Yom Kippur today, in contrast to in temple times, involves working actively to recover that lost intimacy, despite being unable to pronounce God's name explicitly. Purim, by contrast, offers echoes of God's presence throughout, just below the surface. Perhaps one of the most daring of the rabbinic views of God, championed by Rabbi Akiva and his students, is that God's presence stayed with the Jewish people in all their exiles, including the exile to Persia, home of the Purim story. Tani Rebbe Shimon ben Yochai, Bechol makom shegalu Yisrael, galta ha-shechina imahem. Galu lemadai vegalta ha-shechina imahem. Matama v'samti kis'i ba'elam, 
ואין אלם אלא מדי, כמה דעת אמר, ואני בשושן הבירה אשר באלם המדינה. רבי שמעון בן יוחאי taught wherever Israel was exiled, the Shechina, God's manifest presence, was exiled with them. When they were exiled to Persia, the Shechina was exiled with them. As the verse says, I put my throne in Elam. And Elam is Persia, as it says, I am in Shushan, the capital, in the land of Elam. Despite being in exile, the Midrash claims, the Jewish people were not abandoned by God. In fact, exile is a place in which God's connection with the Jewish people is uniquely strong. Quote, in the school of Rabbi Akiva, God's bond to Israel is one of intimate empathy. God, as it were, is linked to Israel with bonds of love, participating in its suffering and redeemed by its salvation. That's from Abraham Joshua Heschel's Heavenly Torah, translated by Gordon Tucker. The Lubavitcher Rebbe further claimed that rather than a moment of concealment, Purim is a moment of revelation of the highest level of God's presence, the barely perceptible aspect of Ein Sof. This can understandably be confused with a complete lack of God's presence. But hidden presence is not the same as abandonment. The similarity between Yom Kippur and Purim today is that both try to model a day of finding God's presence in our lives. The challenge of living in exile, dating back to Moses noticing the burning bush in the wilderness, is to experience God's closeness in an unredeemed world. The first step to meeting this challenge is recognizing that even though God seems hidden, And on the surface, God's name is missing from our story. God's presence is still manifest. Knowing that God has not abandoned us, despite being hidden so deeply, is a spiritual practice. Purim is a moment to live out that practice. It is a time to look through the masks, to dig beyond the surface, and to notice a world that is not immediately apparent. And when we recover those moments of divinity in the darkest periods, we move a step closer to the ultimate restoration of God's presence. Purim Sameach. Thanks for listening. To learn more with Hadar, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.